0: Happy Saturday and Valentine's Day is coming, so happy early Valentine's Day. What's a better topic to talk about than love, right? Are you ready to continue our Love There journey together? As promised, today let's chat about how I practiced Love There on Michael in our marriage. Just to remind you, this is part 5 in our 9-part series called What is Love, where we discuss agape love, the way Jesus taught us to love one another, and demonstrated with His personal example. He instructed us to love unconditionally, and we talked about what unconditional love is in part 3 of the series from January 27th, 2018. Also, I shared with you my 20 love lessons learned in my 35 years of life. It was right before my 35th birthday on January 13th this year, so make sure you go and either listen to those podcasts or watch those videos if you're on YouTube. And last week, we started talking about love there and love their test. I shared with you my embarrassing test results. And if you haven't watched that video, it's a little funny too. Uh, go to YouTube and make sure you go watch it. On YouTube, it's Anna Zabo JD MBA. So, just youtube.com slash Anna Zabo, JD, MBA. And actually, I created a YouTube playlist for you with all videos in this podcast series. And the link will be in the description of this episode. So if you just go click on that link, you will be taking straight to this official series. You can bookmark the playlist, listen to it while driving or cooking or cleaning your house. There are no ads, no interruptions. It's just for your listening pleasure and hopefully also learning. I hope you enjoy this content. The essence of agape love, as you remember, is goodwill and willful delight in the object of love. Okay, let's repeat it one more time. The essence of agape love is goodwill and willful, meaning intentional delight in the object of love. Agape love is sacrificial and unconditional, that's what the Bible teaches, and that's what the love there teaches too. So let's talk about it. Coming up… You are listening to The Anna Sabo Show, a podcast for Christian women where we have conversations about God, Gospel, and the matters of life. If you enjoy this episode, Please write and post your podcast review today. And remember to share it on social media. Oh, by the way, the calm music I add to the end of each episode is for your thinking pleasure. Now, enjoy the show. What is love there, anyway? I had no idea either, here's how I found out about love there. I met Michael on November 13th 2015 and we had a dinner. Prior to that, for 11 months, he was waiting to meet me because he was asking my girlfriend if he could meet me in January of 2015, but I was on my no dating journey that I did for 600 days. So then on November 13th, Michael finally got to meet me. Next morning, November 14th, he brought me a DVD uh, that he was very excited about and he wanted to share it with me and said I had to watch it. It was called Fireproof. Fireproof is a Christian movie about marriage and how to love one another following biblical principles of agape love. From the movie, I learned about love there. So, that's how I got to know this basic concept of loving unconditionally. But, of course, at that time, I had no idea what was waiting for me ahead. (laughs) So, love there is a 40-day challenge of loving your spouse with your intentional, kind, Daily actions, patience, compassion, no matter what they do to you, no matter how mean they are, no matter how little they might care about you or the things you do to um, love them, none of it matters, it's only about you and your loving actions toward them and your intentions. Of course, in 2015, I had no idea that I would be married to Michael in 2016 and that he would abandon our marriage and file for divorce twice in our first 9 months. I had no idea when I was watching the Fireproof movie on November fourteenth, two 2015 that I would be the one to do a love there on Michael next year that same time. Now, if I had an idea, honestly, I would run and hide, because the heartache Michael caused me with his cheating, financial negligence, and mental abuse was tremendous, but the love lessons I learned from our troublesome marriage are great, and that's what I really want to share with you in this series, so I'm going to read to you from my actual journal If you've been a listener of my podcast for a while, you know that all my personal journals were subpoenaed by Michael's attorney last year for our divorce jury trial, so they became public. I I definitely feel a certain way about it, (laughs) but I feel okay sharing with you after it was shared with random strangers that I did not want to share my heart with. So, let's begin. So the actual Love their journal, I just went to the store and purchased it and I wanted to do it with my girlfriend and um, I ended up doing it by myself twice on Michael because I really wanted to learn how to love him. So let me read to you from the cover of the book because I think it's really important that we first establish what Love there actually is. With more than 5 million copies in print, in nearly two dozen languages, the love there has become an exciting and reaching journey for couples around the world. It can now become yours, though Unconditional love is promised at weddings, it is rarely practiced in real life. As a result, romantic hopes often fade into disappointment at home. But it doesn't have to stay that way. Whether your marriage is hanging by a thread or healthy and strong, this 40 day journey, featured in the hit movie Fireproof, challenges husbands and wives to understand and practice unconditional love. If you desire, desire greater intimacy, friendship, and fulfillment in your marriage, let it begin where millions have started, with a dare. Now, I have to tell you that, of course, I cannot hide from you my true feelings, you've been listening to this podcast or watching my videos, you know everything about the abuse I endured in my marriage with Michael. You know about mental manipulation and financial devastation he caused me and he was completely negligent toward me and had no interest. But you will notice as we continue today uh, learning about love their journey, you will notice that what your spouse does, what your spouse says, how your spouse treats you is completely irrelevant. When you decide to commit to loving them, I'm going to pause here because I wanted to really sink in. I'm going to repeat it one more time, maybe not in exact words because I'm not reading from a script, but my message that I really want you to pay attention to is that when you decide you want to learn how to love your spouse, their actions, behaviors, their words, thoughts, anything they do, anything they don't do, how they treat you, none of it is relevant to your love there when you decide to commit to 40 days of loving them unconditionally with your actions. I know it sounds crazy, but it only sounds crazy in this physical, tangible, fallen, sinful world. If you are listening to this podcast, this is a Christian podcast where we discuss eternal matters, we talk about Jesus, we talk about our relationship with God, and in that world, in the spiritual realm, in the real world, because we are going, we are going to heaven, we are going toward our sanctification, salvation, we are going toward our eternity that we forever will spend with Jesus. And in that world... The actions of other people and how they mistreated us are irrelevant. How we reacted to that, how we kept our commitments of loving our spouse, that is relevant. Now, you know from a podcast that Michael never loved me. He tricked me into this marriage for his own purposes, financial purposes, and also for the purposes of just feeling good about himself. But when I was in a marriage with Michael, I knew for a fact that there was not any reason at all for me to be there except I loved him. In our divorce jury trial, Michael's attorney presented this picture of Michael being completely uneducated poor man with no education, no job opportunities, and he made me read from my LinkedIn profile about all the projects I accomplished and all my education and all my the books that I published, and all of that, and awards I won. And he basically told the jurors that I am too accomplished and Michael is unaccomplished and I will have better chances to recover from this divorce. And that's why he said Michael needs to get all the money from the house we remodeled together. As I was listening to it, sitting there in my divorce jury trial, my premarital counseling sessions came to mind when... It was actually addressed that Michael had barely any education, he made less money than I made, and it was brought up in our premarital counseling because it was said that couples in that kind of situation, man tends to feel like he doesn't measure up. So, all of this was addressed and talked about. And Michael said that he was excited about me being a triple A woman and that he was actually respecting my personality and accomplishments and he did not feel threatened. The minute we got married, Michael started saying he feels like he doesn't measure up and he is intimidated and threatened by me and my accomplishments. What I'm saying with this is one simple thought. Whether or not you decide to do love there on your spouse, depends on whether or not you love your spouse unconditionally, not what they do to you. I had no reasons to marry Michael. He did not offer me anything. The way his attorney presented Michael in trial was absolutely accurate. He has no education, nothing to offer, and he always told me that I was way out of his league and he felt honored that I even said yes to him. The only reason why I said yes to Michael, the only reason why I was in a relationship with him and married him was only because I loved him with all my heart. Him, nothing he had, he had nothing to offer to me. This commitment to loving Michael himself is why I took on Love Their journey despite the abuse I endured in my marriage, despite his cheating and his actions. So hopefully, with this comment, I established that as we go through the series, and I know your marriage is not rainbow unicorn-y, I know you don't have butterflies and pink glitter all over your marriage, I understand that. And as I say things, and as I start reading through Love Their journey, you'll be like, Hell no, I'm not going this, do, not doing this to him because he doesn't love me. Blah, 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 blah. And the reason why I already anticipated from you is because I belong to so many Facebook groups where I have these conversations openly with women. And the second I start saying the word love or forgiveness, psh, women go like, hell no, I will never forgive him for everything he done to me. If that's the way you feel, this podcast will frustrate you so much. But if you want to learn how to love your spouse with whom you are in a Christian marriage and you want to love them the way Jesus asked you to love them, that will be a helpful podcast. So, okay, let me grab the journal. Sorry about the noise. I'm reading from the actual journal. So I started this journal on michael on september 30th 2016. now we got married on may 14th 2016. michael abandoned our marriage he said basically he oh all he wants is to be an iron man it was obvious to me that he married me to just feel good about himself and to remodel the house which he sold with uh, over a hundred thousand dollars profit he put in his pocket but when he filed for divorce in September, and, his, and the process server Jerry served me with Michael's first divorce summons at the Christian Conference Harvest at Infinite Energy Arena here in Duluth, Georgia, when that happened, I decided to go all-in on this fireproof movie, on this love there journey, because I wanted to love Michael. So, this is what it starts with, the journal, it says, Receive this as a warning. This 40-day journey cannot be taken lightly. It is a challenging and often difficult process, but an incredibly fulfilling one. To take this dare requires a resolute mind and a steadfast determination. What does it mean, a resolute mind? Well. To me, before I started, I had no idea what it will actually take, and I had no idea how much his mental abuse will actually increase toward me during the slow of their journey. I had no idea, but I resul- I. I took a resolute, meaning I committed, I decided, I decided to love Him no matter what, to learn how to love Him with my actions. And I remained steadfast with my determination, and that means His actions did not impact whether or not I continued with my love there on Him. And here's what the book says. It is not meant to be sampled or briefly tested, and those who quit early will... Forfeit the greatest benefits. If you will commit to a day at a time for 40 days, the results could change your life and your marriage forever. Consider it a dare from others who have done it before you. Now, as I'm reading this to you, you're like, well, Anna, this did not improve your marriage, you're now divorced. Yes, it's true, but it so much improved my life it's so much improved my future. And now, when my friends tell me they don't believe the test results that I shared last week, (laughs) the reason why they don't believe it is because they're now experiencing the benefits of what I've learned through this journey. Okay, so I'm only going to share, of course, a little bit with you because the whole uh, 40 days would be too much. But the journey. That's that's where it's offered. Uh, the free marriage evaluation, the love their test that I shared last week, and it starts with the verse says, "And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works." Hebrews ten twenty four. So, um, the first day, I I started. It said, "Day one, love is patient." Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Ephesians 4 2. It says, Love works, it is life's purest and most powerful motivator, and has far greater depth and meaning than most people realize. It gives courage to a coward, wisdom to a fool. It is It always does what is best for others and can empower us to face the greatest of problems. Love is built on two pillars that best define what it is. Those pillars are patience and kindness. Choose to be patient. You respond in a positive way to a negative situation. Now, the negative situation, I'm going to talk to you, but I'm going to go through the pages. The negative situation I was enduring at the time was all the mental abuse and the financial abuse and also, of course, divorce filing, right? So, it was very, very, um, it was devastating time. And now, when I look back, I'm actually, uh, how I even decided to do love there? And it was perfect time. The way I see it now. Yeah. In that devastating situation, it was perfect time. And so I did my first dare on October 2nd. And I said, it says the first part of this dare is fairly simple. Although love is communicated in a number of ways, our words often reflect the condition of our heart. For the next day, resolve to demonstrate patience and to say nothing negative to your spouse at all. If the temptation arises, choose not to say anything. It's better to hold your tongue than to say something you will regret. Now, at that time, by October 2nd, of course, you know that I already had said something I regretted, which was, um, you know, on Labor Day 2016, when I just had too much abuse, too much mental cruelty. I told Michael where he should go how to get there, (laughs) and what I thought about who he was. It was not nice, it was all cussing and really mean words. So this was a great dare for me to take. And I said, it's October 2nd, 2016. I'm sitting here on the parking lot of Brownsbridge Church, where in two hours I'll start a training to become a renew mentor. I was served with the divorce papers by Michael on September 25th. The day he did that last Iron Man. The day after which I was saying, um it will be gone. Yes, I did say. Oh, the day after uh, after which I was saying I will be gone. Yes, I did say. Uh, Yes, I did say that and I destroyed the commitment to our marriage as a covenant. And so what I'm talking here about is... Michael, friend, Michael's friend reached out to me and basically she told me that now when I'm married to Michael, I am an iron widow because Michael is a dead man because he's absent from our marriage and I needed to know it before I married him. This was a woman who did Iron Man and was married to an Iron Man and she told me that Basically, I just need to put all my life on hold and wait until Michael's last Iron Man, September 26, and then maybe he'll be present in our marriage. And so I told her um, in our Facebook messaging that I will be gone by that time, that this doesn't work for me. I was tricked into this marriage I was never ever ever imagining this kind of disaster. Michael called his bicycle my other wife I cheated on you with, he spent all our money on his bicycle obsession, and it was just a very hard time. And so here I am talking to myself in my journal, and I said, um, I was angry but accepted my responsibility and I will do everything I can to resurrect my covenant marriage. What's the worst thing that can happen? Step one, I will not engage in this divorce and I will surrender all. And so what that meant is when Michael served me with the divorce, I waited forever to respond because I did not want to respond. And in fact, I took actions. I went and I talked to Michael. Um, He rejected me, of course, and he didn't want to hear anything. He was just basically ignoring me with silent treatment every day. Like I did not exist. Like he would walk around me And pretend like I do not exist on earth at all. And um, I asked Michael, let's not litigate, let's mediate. I don't want to waste all this money. And he said, I don't want any mediation. I want litigation. And now it's $75,000 later in litigation fees. The judge still has not made a decision on Michael's demand of me paying him $50,000 for his decision to litigate about his decision to abandon his marriage with me. So I didn't say anything mean to him. Uh, the next day was October 3rd, uh, day two, love is kind, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God and Christ also forgiving you. And so then it kind of gives you talk on what it means to to have love as an action being kind and it explains that but uh, kindness can feel a little generic when you try defining it much less leaving it so let's break kindness down into four basic core ingredients and they say initiative gentleness helpfulness and willingness i showed kindness by choosing to do something that was expensive and inconvenient for me and has no value to me. I did it because I know those pictures are very important to Michael, and so I chose to sacrifice my time and walk to the store and pay expensive price and also wait. And so what I did for kindness, and as you remember, it's intentional, And it's helpful, Michael actually lost his uh, biological mother when he was two years old and he had very few pictures of her. And so those pictures that I found... I went to the store and paid to restore those old pictures and deliver them to Michael in a digital format that they can be printed in high resolution. And finally, like those pictures, it doesn't mean, it doesn't matter if they fade the actual pictures because he now had the digital copies. And I said to myself, I can just imagine his happy smile when he sees the pictures renewed, sharp, enlarged. He will love it. And thinking about his smile and singing heart makes me so happy. Um so yeah, that was me writing in my journal as I was doing this there, and that never happened. Um, as you can see from this example, I was doing it expecting some kind of reaction from michael in the beginning and of course the more reaction i did not get and the more abuse i got in return for my love there the more i learned that i was doing love there for me and for my relationship with god and for my spiritual growth then i actually did it for michael to get anything from him in return, like his smile or his singing heart and things like you hear me describe here. You might be very disappointed now when I'm sharing this with you, but remember I told you love there is not a journey you take for Michael or for anyone. You do not expect anything in return. You take it to grow personally, spiritually, emotionally, and love-wise, skill-wise. That's the only reason why you would do it. When you do it like I described here in day 2, because I was hoping to see Michael smile, Michael completely disregarded it, he did not give a crap about those pictures, he just did not care. But thinking about what would make Michael happy, thinking about what is important to him, dwelling on it and delighting in him was the purpose of this exercise let's see here then day three i said um i i bought michael financial peace university so he can start it on january 15th 2017 (laughs) i'm laughing here because on january 13th 2017 michael served me with the second divorce papers and michael did not care at all about financial peace or Financial Peace University, but as I was writing this love there, I said, um, as I gave it to him, he was disappointed. He said he already knows everything about money and Dave Ramsey. Anyway, I have tried. I did my best. I cooked breakfast for him and we ate together. I can go to Financial Peace University by myself anyway. I am no longer suicidal, but I st- I'm still depressed. Wow. Okay, so Yeah, this is hard for me to read actually, very hard for me to read this love there because I was severely depressed, severely suicidal, I was mentally manipulated every day and of course I couldn't do anything right. There was nothing I could do to make Michael happy because he was unhappy with himself, full of shame, full of self-hatred and he did not want to be in this marriage. Because all he wanted was to marry me, the girl in the red coat from Facebook. And now when he accomplished it, he just wanted to move on to his next goals. So, you know what? Um... You kinda get the idea. It asks you, for example, contact your spouse sometime during the busyness of the day. Have no agenda other than asking how he or she is doing and if there is anything you could do for them. And I said, I called Michael in the morning and I said, since you took on another job, you must be busy and tired. Is there anything I can do for you? He said he needs money from me. And I said that I cannot give him money, but I said, you will just need to let me know how you would like me to help you. Because by that time he wasted all of our money. We had three months unpaid mortgage, two months unpaid life insurance. We had unpaid Georgia power bills. And I rewired my paycheck to my own account because I could not, he left me three times with no money for food. One time it was zero, one time it was minus $116 in our checking account, and the other time it was minus $124. Michael carried cash secretly from me. I didn't know about it. I, on the other hand, had no other money except the money I was putting in our joint checking account. So, yeah, money was not something I was gonna give to Michael because I would have no money to buy gas or food, but Michael wanted money. Hopefully, you kind of get understanding of what love there is. It is. It basically is a 40-day journey where you are asked to love your spouse, celebrate your spouse like For one of love theirs, they said, make a list of things to celebrate about your spouse. And I said, his ENT of Georgia project, he worked very hard to basically do like a phone system for ENT of Georgia and he felt super successful. So I put that on the list. And then three Iron Man in our first year of marriage. Uh, I mean, to him, it was an accomplishment. To me, it was devastation because he completely abandon our marriage but I put it on the list of accomplishments that I wanted to celebrate for him then I put his blogging he shared with me that he was trying to blog on LinkedIn and write about life lessons learned from his Iron Man um, aspirations so I put that on his on this list (laughs) one of the accomplishments of his I said marrying the person he waited to meet for 11 months I was trying my best (laughs) to do the love there, and um, it was a growth experience for me. Here's how. First of all, I realized through this experience how much I did not know how to love. Nothing was modeled to me in terms of love when I was growing up. My family was abusive, adulterous. I was abused every single day in my family, and I was watching other family members abusing each other, and that was love. Number two I learned through love there was that Michael meant so much to me. I married him for nothing but him, for the fact that I loved him genuinely from the bottom of my heart, and I still do. I only talk about it in the past because we're talking about love there I took in the past, but I still love him and I still experience a lot of sadness about what he did to our marriage and our relationship and our future together but I'm not depressed or suicidal anymore. I accepted it. The third thing I learned is I had no understanding of commitment. When I told um, Anna, the lady who told me that I am married to a dead man and she messaged me on Facebook that I am an iron widow and everybody knows it and how come I did not know it, When I told Anna on Facebook that by Michael's last Ironman September 26, I will be gone, I should have never said that. I said it genuinely because that's how I felt. And that made me realize, by taking love there, that I had no understanding of commitment. After that, Michael was pushing me out of the house. He was threatening me. Michael always carried a gun. He threatened me saying, If I were you, I would leave this house now. I feel out of my mind and not myself and I don't know what I'm going to do, but you need to leave right now. And nothing made me leave. I stayed right there. I took care of him when he was sick and through thick and thin, I was there with him present in my marriage until the legal document was signed uh, during our divorce process, during our divorce mediation. So I've learned the commitment that I did not know before, and I was never committed to anyone but Michael. The fourth thing I learned through uh, love there is how how much benefits we get by loving others. I think we think we will get benefits from love as long as we receive love from others, But through this journey, just dwelling on how to please Michael, how much he means to me, his accomplishments, and what I adore about him, what I respect about him, I made all those lists, all of that helped me grow. And the fifth and final thing is Michael did terrible things to me, and he was an awful husband. But at the end of the day, when I look back and everything I learned through this journey, journey of love there, I saw Michael as my brother in Christ. I've learned to look at him just as I look at me. I'm imperfect and fallen and sinful. And Michael is imperfect and fallen and sinful. And that's why we all need Jesus. So at the end of the day, the biggest thing I learned from love there is that I was willing and desiring to stay in this marriage with Michael for forever and accept him just the way he was because none of us is perfect but I believed wholeheartedly that God can make everything right now it didn't happen for us because Michael used his free will to destroy our marriage but it doesn't mean that God cannot make things right and even um with all the narcissistic abuse and narcissistic personality disorder i can tell you jimmy evans marriage on the rock i watched for hours and hours i got the dvd from church and jimmy evans talks very openly in his DVDs and in his sermons that he was a total narcissist, he had severe narcissistic personality disorder, and with gaslighting, projection, and uh, silent abuse and everything, he abused his wife, and then Jesus got a hold of him, and he became a Christ-like man who now leads a huge ministry and makes a difference in the world, and that's what I thought God would do for Michael. I I saw Michael in my vivid visions that he would have a ministry with young boys who did not have a father growing up, who lost their parent to death growing up, he uh, is extremely good with his athletic abilities, and I thought that if he committed his life to Jesus, he would have a ministry with young children or youth. That's literally what I thought would happen. That's why I did... The Case for Marriage Journal where I persuaded God to restore our marriage and to save our marriage and to basically turn Michael into this Christ-like man who would be very passionate about Jesus and have a ministry and we would have a great marriage and he would be a true leader in our marriage. And none of it, of course, happened. But the growth in me that I hoped for did happen, and the growth and deeper intimacy in my relationship with God did happen. And finally, and most importantly, my ability to love and accept Michael just the way he is without demanding any changes from him that did happen, and that I wished I had in the beginning of our marriage. So, thanks so much for listening uh, on podcast and watching on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and share this content with your friends who are interested in learning what love is and how to love. Next week, we will be talking about lovability, what it is and how you can get more love using lovability. Thanks so much for listening again and thanks for watching and have a blessed day.